belong to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about what you should never do with your investment property. Now, here's the thing, guys. People invest in property for a whole heap of reasons. Maybe to improve your retirement, help out your friends, kids, and family. Maybe just to grow your wealth. But, you know, there's a big issue, Andrew, when people start to let those personal goals bleed into their investment decision, where they kind of muddle the two together. And I know this comes up a lot, so let's go through the four things that people should never do with their investment property. What's number one? Number one is thinking that you're going to move into the property. And I see this all the time working with investors. I've got lots of investors that have made the comments like, hey, I'm going to buy this property now, or I want to buy in this area now, like Queenstown's a good example. I see that all the time, because we'd like to move there in a few years' time. And they want to do it because they want to buy there and secure a property before the house prices go up. And Prices will likely go up, but it doesn't mean it's the right decision for you to buy a property now if your true goal, if what you're buying investment property now is to build your wealth. Why? Well, over the next two years, you'll rent the property out to help cover the cost of the mortgage. However, there's a very low chance that property is going to make a good rental property. You're going to be sacrificing in rental income because it's probably higher spec since you're going to live in it. And it's likely much lower cash flow and lower yield. So you've bought this ideal property that you want to live in in Queenstown. And because Three million of that, bucks you've spent on it. Yeah, well, it's a nice property No, that's a, actually, you can't get a lot for three million bucks. No, so, really? No, seriously, I've been looking at options there for some investors at the moment. These guys have got lots of money, so I'm trying to find something that's as good as we can make it, and it's horrendous. The numbers are terrible. The yield would be awful on a $3 million yeah. property. So they buy this $3 million property, and it's their kind of nice dream home, but it's a poor yielding product. Yeah, you are going to be buying higher spec than what you would if it was a rental property. And by the time you're ready to move in, well, what happens if your requirements have changed? So say, for example, lo and behold, a new baby comes along, and now you need a fifth bedroom. You should have stopped having babies. So what should I do instead? Well, the thing you do right now is you buy the right rental property. That will get you capital growth. And then when it's time to move to Queenstown, sell your owner-occupied house that you're living in and move to Queenstown. And then you'll be able to buy the right house for you. You're not going to be sacrificing on as an investment or as an owner-occupier. And the other point that I want to make is you'll also know what the state of the property is when you move in. So like, let's say you buy that $3 million property, you put tenants in it for two years. Well, by the time those tenants move out, you're stuck with whatever state that house is in after two years, right? Yeah. Because you bought it rent it out for two years, then you move in. Whereas if you just buy it when you're ready to move, then it's kind of move-in ready. You can pick the house and know what it's going to be like. You don't have to take any sort of gamble of how the tenants are going to treat it for two years in between. And I've actually had that similar kind of experience with some other investors who moved out of their house, turned it into a rental property for a number of years, and then moved back in. And they said it really had lost its charm for them. Why? What happened? There's just damage to the property, and because they had to repair it, they just they fell out of love with the property. It didn't feel like theirs anymore. That's interesting. Now, we're not saying that tenants, you know, all tenants certainly no. are going to trash your property. That's not what we're saying. But there is a little bit more risk there, and I just think, well, why wouldn't you just buy it when you're ready to move? Because house prices, yep, they'll probably go up in Queenstown, but they'll also likely go up in wherever else you decide to buy your investment property if you've made the right decision. Now, number two issue that we see, and oh God, you should not do this, is plan to use it for your kids. Now, intergenerational oh. wealth 
is a big motivator for investors who are parents, which is a lot of people listening to this show. Now, there is a very, very dangerous trap if you think, I'm going to buy this property for the children to live in when they go to university. I know this is a big one for you, Andrew, for people where their kids are going to move to do university in Wellington. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a lot of investors in Wellington and also who want to send their kids to Victoria University, want to get them out of Auckland or out of Christchurch and have them housed there. Anyone that's wanted to buy a property there, I've said no. If you want to help them out, give them 200 bucks a week towards their rent. That will be less of a sacrifice than you'll make by buying something that's not the right investment. So I want to give you another example. You know, let's say that you live in Hamilton now and you want to send your twin daughters who are both 16 off to Auckland University. And you might think, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to buy a central Auckland apartment so the girls can live in it while they study. Now, what's the issue? Well, you are going to compromise on what's a good investment because you're going to start to think about their requirements. So look, instead of buying maybe a freehold property in South Auckland where there are lots of tenants and it's a great place to buy investment property, depending on what you're buying, where of course, you might think, we well, now we have to buy something that's close to the city and we've got to have you know a gated community and we need to have extra security and all those or we need to make sure that there are two master bedrooms and with en suites both because that's fair for the two girls and things like this and thinking about what do they want as opposed to what's going to make a good investment property over the long term and just within that if you're kind of 45 and you need to grow your wealth, you know, an apartment is likely not the right investment property for you because it's going to grow in value. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast, but it's going to grow in value more slowly than a freehold property, a townhouse or a standalone property. So what's the alternative? Well, you could give them $200 a week and kind of subsidise their rent. That's what you'd probably be topping up the mortgage for anyway. The other thing that you've got to think about is let's say that you're in a really good position. You might say, well, we'll let the girls live in it rent free and they then won't have to work. They're going to be able to just focus on study and use their student loans to to live off. You know, this would be if you're in a pretty good financial position, obviously. Well, in that case, the bank's unlikely to give you the mortgage on interest only the same way as if it was an investment property with some rental income. So you might be forced to go on principal and interest, which would mean poorer cash flow. So what could you do instead? Well, first of all, buy the right investment property. Again, if you want something that's going to grow in value relatively quickly and grow your wealth, you're going to be wanting standalone or townhouse sort of thing in a good area with lots of tenants. The other thing is then just take the money you were going to use to top up that property. Let's say if you're going to let the girls live in there rent free and just pay the rent on the other property or subsidise it to whatever degree you are comfortable with and what you were going to be doing anyway by letting them live in there at a lower than market rate. So again, you can still help out your kids, but let's make sure you're making the right investment decision and not buying something that's kind of a bit of the a kind of a bit of that, a kind of Frankenstein investment, if I can call it that. <laughs> um, what's number three, Andrew? Number three is similar to number one, planning to use the property, but in retirement. And, th- and this is what I mean, is to live in there. So people often say, hey, look, I'm going to buy this property in, I don't know, some remote area of Havelock North because it's a nice area and we can see ourselves settling down there. Or Nelson's another common one that I get. You know, that's a great dream for 10, 15 years from now. But the issue is you're probably going to sacrifice on potential capital growth because some of these areas have lowered population growth. And again, you're probably going to be compromising, thinking, okay, we want this, this and this, spending a bit more than you ought to on a rental property. 
And if you're buying in an area where there is less demand for rentals, like for example, if you're buying in an area where it's over 60s and so you can only rent it out or the property can only be occupied by people who are over the age of 60, again, you're going to sacrifice on your tenant pool. Now, why do you think it is that there are so many people that obsess over this? I want to retire in Nelson, so I'm going to buy that now. It's really funny. I think people just worry about not being able to enter the market later on, and they want to secure that. But the flip side to that is areas can change as well. So just thinking about some of my investors that moved to Christchurch from the UK, I remember they bought in Horswell because they wanted to be out of the hustle and bustle of the city. Well, the city moved to them. Then they moved to Roller and then the city moved to them again. And now they're looking at further and further away. So you might buy in an area that's fine right now, but it may change. The demographics might change into something that's not what you want later on. And I think that's where if you're going to retire or you're going to live in it, that's when you, you want to buy that property at the time so you can make that decision based on whatever's happening in the market at that time or the state of the house without having tenants in it. And for example, you know, thinking back to my parents, so they always wanted to live on sort of the outskirts of Canterbury and have quite a bit of land because dad was a kleptomaniac and just had like, you know, stuff everywhere. Well, once dad died, that's completely the wrong property for mum. So now she's moved into a townhouse that's closer to me. Your situation might change as well, and that might not be what you're looking for. Or, you know, what if someone got sick and they needed the use of an elevator or something like that, or just a single level? Yeah, I think that's where it can be really dangerous to think that your requirements that you have today are going to be the same in 10 years' time. So what should you do instead? Buy the right investment property right now for more capital growth. Then when you get to retirement, sell that property, if that's what the money's going to be used for, or sell your own house, and buy your dream house, your retirement home, with cash. And the final one is thinking that you're going to use it as a holiday home. Oh. And the issue with this, and we do see it, you know, people thinking, well, maybe we'll buy it as a holiday home and then we'll rent it out in future and it'll be a rental property and maybe it'll be this. And the reason this is usually not a good idea is because the sort of property you're probably going to buy as a holiday home is going to be a small town. So let's say it's in Twizel because you like to go skiing or you want to go wakeboarding on the lakes around there, you know, it's probably going to be in a more remote place. You know, you're probably not buying a holiday home in New Lynn in Auckland. And because it's going to be at a smaller town or a more remote place, you've probably got lower rental demand and more limited opportunities for capital growth because of that lower population growth, lower industry. So Ken, what do you do instead? Well, buy good investment property in an undervalued area, strong potential growth in the economy and population and good rental demand. And then if you want to go away on holiday, we usually recommend renting as an Airbnb. Spend the money to go on a holiday rather than putting your equity into a property. Now, if you really want to buy a holiday home, and we've got episodes on the podcast about this and videos on YouTube where we kind of explain that it's not always the best idea, but if you really want it, that's what's going to make you happy, then buy the holiday home and keep buying rental properties. But I think it's important to say, Andrew, this is not about telling people off, right? No, we're not telling you off today. We're just saying that, you know, the way you achieve your financial goals is by actually committing your equity and your income to those financial goals. Buy the right property. Properties. Buy them to make money and grow your wealth so that then you have the funds to spend on your personal goals. That's the right way of doing it. The wrong way is to think you can have it both ways. You cannot. You're always going to sacrifice on one or the other. And I guarantee as soon as you start to go down that path, you'll sacrifice financially 
and it will have a major impact over 10, 15, 20 years of retirement planning. And I think a lot of people will still listen to this podcast and say, well, no, we're different. We're still going to buy the apartment for the girls to live in while they go to university. And it's not until you're 10 to 15 years down the track that you look back and think, oh, do you know what? Maybe that wasn't such a good idea because, yep, the girls lived in it for three years or four years, but actually... One of them dropped out, the other one then shacked up with her boyfriend, and you get lumped with this apartment that you're not getting good rent for. Well, let's let's take a bit of a kind of view, Andrew. Maybe, (laughs) I mean, if I raised children, I'd be locking them in their rooms while they study. (laughs) That sounds terrible, by the way. But, you know, I know my children wouldn't be renegades like yours, (laughs) would they? And let's say they go there for four years, five years, they live at the park, and it all goes swimmingly well. But then you've still got another 10 years, you're probably holding this property. Of lower capital growth. Well, if you're thinking of it as a 15-year investment, bear in mind, let's say that you're like, well, that's okay. What we're going to do is we'll buy it and then we'll sell it in five years after the girls leave. Well, yeah, but then you're paying Brightline at the moment because Brightline's 10 years. Oh, but they're living in it. Yeah, but it's in your name. It's not your holiday home. You're paying capital gains tax on it. Oh, should have listened to the guys on the podcast. Yeah. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And if it's the right time for you to build your property investment portfolio, then your next step is to come in for a portfolio planning session. Send us text. Our number is 5522. Text us the word plan. We'll be in touch. See if it's the right fit. to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most. Until next time.